It's lovely to be here and be able to share with you this morning um, about God's heart for children. Well, why I'm sharing what I'm sharing this morning is not really because Phil kind of put me forward to share it, <laughs> like he often does, like the time when um, uh, he decided he wanted to do Hellrunner and he signed me up for it as well. And the time when they were asking if anyone felt to go on a team to Zimbabwe for two weeks, and he put my name forward for that as well. <laughs> um, I think I, I take it as love, a different kind of love, but a love, you know, to challenge. And uh, at least I hope it is. <laughs> um, no, the reason that I am sharing what I am sharing this morning is because I really believe that. God has something more for us with our children. Um, I think he has big plans for them, and we know that. And I think I want to recognize that we really reflect a lot of God's heart for children in the way that we are. We're very welcoming to them. I know families that have come and joined us and are part of us because... Um, they love the way that we have a heart for children and their children can be part of us and included in everything and uh, we look to really value them. But I think there's more. And that is why I'm sharing about God's heart for children this morning. And my hope is that through what I'm saying this morning, we will all be able to gain a fresh revelation of how God sees our children. Um, and that it would be something that would bring about a change in us, that would really provoke us to change the way that we interact. So through this revelation and through him revealing his heart for children, that we will um, change the way that we are, that we will step up and we will step out in our interactions with him. Um, so I'm really, that's what I'm hoping for this morning. And by the end of the session, I'm hoping that you will have a clearer picture of what it is that you're going to do to step up and step out. Okay, so I thought we could start by kind of reflecting where we're at at the moment. Um, so I've got a few questions for you to think about. Um, so in your heads, not with each other. How often do you talk to a child? Is it every day? Once or twice a week, a few times a month, a few times a year, never. And what is the nature of your contact with children? Is it to give instructions? Is it to say hello and see how they are? Is it that you tell them about how you're doing and how your day is? Or do you ask them about their day? Is it that you're running a club for them or is it that you're babysitting them? How often do you share your faith with a child? How often do you tell them about the things that God has been doing in your life? How often do you tell them the things that God has been saying to you? And how often do you share with them the things that you are asking God for, for yourself? How likely do you think it is that a child will hear from God? Think it's very likely? Um, just likely that sometimes they might hear that they'll hardly ever hear from them or not until they're about 12 or 13 and then they might start tuning in. 
And with that in mind, how often do you ask a child about what God is talking to them about? How often do you ask a child to pray for you or with you? And how often are you provoked or challenged by what a child has to bring? Is there something more that God might have for you to bring? Okay. So those are just some reflection questions for us to think about. Um, And we're going to move forward. And I'm going to go through today. We're going to think about what God's heart is, what the Bible tells us about children. And then we're going to look at how we should respond, considering what God says about our children. So to help us with this, I think it would be really good to bring a child to mind that you know or have to do with. So if you're not a parent, you could choose anyone, any other child that you have to do with. And even if you're a parent, you can choose a child that's not your own, if you want to. And then as we go through and we look at these different points, just think about that child specifically in relation to what I'm sharing. Okay. So what does God say about children? Well, in Psalm 127, God says that children are a gift from, from him, and he likens them to arrows, being like arrows. Children are a gift from God, and sometimes it's really easy for us to recognize them as a gift from God. Other times, it can be challenging to recognize them as that, um, depending on their behaviors. Um, but they are a gift from God. This weekend, we've had Daisy and Floria staying with us while their mum's on the Doulos weekend. And it has been delightful getting to know them. And there have been a lot of moments this weekend where I've really just seen what a gift they are and what a gift it was having them with us over the weekend. There have been some quite busy times and quite crazy times. And having them there has made a huge difference. And I'm really grateful that they were there. Also, when you look at a sleeping baby, often your heart warms, doesn't it? When your child is asleep, they can do no wrong and they're angels, and it's beautiful. Um, And there are other times when we look at our children and we can see them playing nicely together and we just think, yeah, they're a real gift from God. But I think there's so much more to them being a gift from God than just making us feel good or when they help out or, or just you know, enjoying watching them play. I think they're a gift from God on a much deeper level, um, and I think they've got a lot more to give to us, and we need to make sure that we are recognising the the wholeness of what they have to give to us. Now, children are a gift from God, and we are called to stewardship and not ownership of them. So it's important that we recognise that um, as a group of people, that we're not trying to control them, that we're not trying to make them fit into a mould and to look a certain way and to do certain things. Um, God has made them who they are and our job is to steward them and to guide them and to bring challenge to them and to look after them and to care for them. Um, There was a point early on in my parenting, I had a toddler and he was a real challenge and I really wanted him to be a certain way And he wasn't behaving in the way that I wanted him to be or doing the things that I wanted him to do, which is often the case with toddlers. You may find if you have toddlers, you'll relate. (laughs) Um, And I was getting really, really frustrated that he was not the way that I would like him to be. 
And to the point where I just felt like I couldn't manage him. His behavior wasn't good, and I felt completely out of control. And as much as I loved him, I found myself before God saying, why have you given me this child? Because I don't know how to manage him, and I don't know how to parent him. And I felt very desperate about, about that. And so I turned to God in my desperation, and, and he just stopped me, and he stilled me, and he said, I have given him a passionate heart, and I have given him a heart that is like David. And in that moment, God gave me a glimpse of who he was creating this child to be, and his behavior was very passionate and exuberant. <laughs> and that's who God made him to be. Now, it doesn't mean to say that his behavior was right. My job was to guide him and to help him to grow into that, to use that character in the right way, to kind of guide that passion in the way that God would want it guided. Um, but it's how God made him, and I wasn't there to try and squash him and control him and make him into a certain shape. I had to talk to God about who he was, and that's part of recognizing the gift that our children, is, that our children are to us, is going to God and saying, what have you given me here? What have you given us here? So think about the child that you've got in your mind. What is the gift that God has given us in that particular child? What, what kind of heart has he put into that child? And how can we help, how can you help to guide him um, or her in the way that is God's way? So God made our children the way that they are on purpose and he made them for purpose just like an arrow is made for purpose. When we went to Zimbabwe, we did a drama with arrows, um, very skillfully performed by Susan Hayward and Alan Fitch. Um, and Susan was in her house, and her neighbor, Alan, came round with a gift of some arrows for, for her. Um, and she was delighted. You can imagine, oh, how wonderful. These lovely arrows. I think I'm going to put them in a vase because they look really lovely in this vase. And Alan was very bemused. What? Why are you putting them in a vase? They're arrows. Oh, but they look so beautiful. And you know, if I keep them there, they'll just stay just lovely and pristine. Then later on, Alan comes around again and, and speaking to Susan, finds out she's hungry and asks her if she would like to... Um, he asks her if she would like to go and, and maybe hunt and find some food. Um, and she was like, oh, oh, no, I can't. I can't go hunting. Um, I've got nothing to hunt with. Alan points to the arrows on the side, and she doesn't want to use them because they're too beautiful and pristine, and she likes them in her vase. So he goes away, and, and she stays hungry. So our children are like arrows, and we have to recognize them for what they are. Yes, they are small, and yes, they need looking after, and they need protection, but actually God says so much more about them than just um, that they're mini-us mini and we have to kind of wait till they're adults. He's made them to be really, really powerful, a powerful weapon. And we have to start to recognize that that is what they are as part of us. Now, part of the purpose um, that God has for our children is obviously, not part, the main purpose is that he has relationship with him right from the beginning, and not just when they are adults. It starts from when you're 
pregnant. Talks about um, God talks about knitting us together in his womb. He's there at the beginning, all the way through the process, and we need to make sure that we're recognizing this, and I think we do. All these things that I'm saying, I know that we have an understanding of this, and I know it's something that we have a heart for, um, but I just want to dig a little bit deeper with it to see if there's something more for us. Okay, children are also precious to God, obviously, very precious. He talks about them being an example of the greatest in the kingdom. He gets very angry, um, or Jesus got very angry when people tried to stop children coming to him. Um, He was outraged at it. Um, And he also went on from speaking about children and how precious they are. He followed with the story of the lost sheep, which I don't think is insignificant that it follows on from him talking about children to talking about the lost sheep, because every single one of our children, every single child is precious to him. And God has given children a very special position as well. Um, We are warned not to look down on them. In Matthew 18, 10, it says, For I tell you that in heaven their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly Father. Now, I'm not sure quite what that means or the implications of it, but it sounds pretty awesome. That their heavens, their angels are always in the presence of the Heavenly Father. He seems to imply something special about their position, doesn't it? And it's wonderful because our, ch- our ch- the children are the only ones that I've ever spoken to that I know have met um, angels or have seen angels. And I, I don't think that is the, the case, that it's only children that see angels. I think there are lots of people that, and adults that see angels as well. But I do think that there is something special in the positioning that God has for our children. So I already mentioned about how they're powerful weapons. They're a powerful force. Um, And in Psalm 8, verse 2, it says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and avenger. That's amazing, isn't it? Let's read it again. Through the praise of children and infants... You have established a stronghold against your enemies. It kind of shows that topsy-turvy nature of God where, what, you know, the last will be first. Because children and infants you don't think as being strong and like at the forefront of kind of warfare, do you? But here it is saying you have established, established a stronghold against your enemies through the praise and worship of infants. So they have something very special to bring when we're all together um, and we're spending time worshipping on a Sunday morning and at other times, they have something really significant to bring, and we mustn't ignore that fact. We need to make sure that we are recognising all that they have to bring. Jesus also speaks in Matthew about children being an example to us. Um, he speaks to, about how um, anyone who will... Um, not receive the kingdom of God like a child, will never enter it. So that's saying something quite impactful. There's a lot we can learn from children. And I, um, when I was speaking to the Dulos team about his, um, God's heart for children, I asked them the question of what kind of thing do you think we can learn from children? Um, 
and they came up with all sorts of wonderful ideas and answers, um, ranging from the trust that they have and the, the innocence that they have and the way that they just accept other, other people and they don't judge other people and all those kind of things. So our children have something very precious to bring to us. Okay. With that in mind, that our children are precious and they are powerful gifts from God, like arrows, and that we have a responsibility to care for them, to guide them. And I mean everyone, I'm not just talking to parents and grandparents, everyone who is part of us has something that they can bring. Um, so with that in mind, and given the value that God places on children, what is our response going to be? How are we going to respond to this? God says they are precious. God says they are powerful. There are very serious consequences if we don't allow them to come to him. How can we help them to come to him and to be in a relationship with him? How can we help them to really come into the fullness of the purpose that he has for them as individuals and as a group of children? Okay, I'd like you to, maybe in groups of three or four, just turn and um, speak to people around you about that. What do you think our response should be? So you can, you can give gen general answers, but it'd be really good if you can chat about some of the um, more specific answers. What is your response going to be now that we've just spoken, considering what we've just spoken about? So, what can we do? Now, I want to talk through some of the things that um, we can do, some of how we can respond to this. So firstly, it's obviously really important that we have high expectations of our children and from our children. We need to recognise how God sees them in the way that I did with my son um, and also in the way we can see an example in the Bible with King David and when Samuel came he was looking to God for who's going, who was going to be the next king. And he came and he looked at all of Jesse's sons and he didn't feel like any of them were the ones that were going to be the next king. And Jesse hadn't even thought of David in the field. God's plan and purpose for David was to be king. Samuel knew that. When he saw him, he knew that that was God's plan and purpose for David. But if there's no one there who recognises that, um, it can make it quite difficult. It doesn't mean that God can't work, but how powerful it must have been for David to have someone speak over him what Samuel recognised, to receive that anointing from him. So it is important that we recognise the plan and purpose that God has for our children. So think about the child that you're thinking about. What is the plan and purpose that God has for them? Ask God, what is the plan or purpose that you have for that child, that he has for that child? And when we see children in the way that God sees them, it, incre it in, yeah, increases our expectation from them. So knowing that David is going to be the next king, probably, I don't know, I'm not sure that it says in the Bible, but probably changed the way that, that Jesse may have 
um, interacted with him. If we recognise the position that God has given our children, the plan that he has for them, it, it will change the way that we interact with them because with that in mind, we will have our conversations and with that in mind, we will ask them specific questions um, and we will look to grow them and to challenge them in those areas. Try not to look at them with natural eyes all the time. It's quite hard. I really struggle with it. But ask, ask God to show you what he is doing, particularly in those really, really frustrating moments when you just don't know what's going on and you feel like things might be falling apart a little bit. Ask him what he's doing. Ask him how he's at work. He can give you that insight and you might just be able to, to bring that question or that word that will help to see that child through the struggle that they are going through really important that we have high expectations of them, that God will use them and work in them. It's really important because we don't want to be standing and doing things for them that they can do themselves. Um, so uh, as parents, often we will do things for our children that, because we don't think they can do it yet, like tying their laces or, I don't know, setting their clothes out for them in the morning. If we expect that our children can do something, we will leave it to them to do. We might model how to do it, we might give them a little bit of guidance, but we will ultimately give, give it to them to do. And I think it's the same when we're raising our children for faith as well. We need to have a high expectation of what they can do and how God does speak to them and how he does use them. I really believe that children are very naturally supernatural and that actually God is speaking to them all the time, but they don't necessarily recognise that it is God that is talking to them or at work in the different things that are going on for them. This morning I was standing near Hannah and um, Cohen, and Hannah was holding him and, and cuddling him, and he, I, th I think he said, I didn't hear what he said, but I heard your response, so I assumed he'd said, Mummy, I want to cuddle, or something like that. And Hannah said, Cohen, I am cuddling you. And he kind of just had that look of, Oh, and kind of went in for the cuddle a little bit more. And I think it's like that with God as well, with children, is that he's there and he's very close to them and he's talking to them. And I think part of our role is to help them to recognise him at work in their lives, help them to recognise when he is speaking um, to them. When we first started doing Chat and Catch, which is the thing from Rachel Turner's book with our children, um, I was doing it with um, one of our sons, who was quite young then, and we decided to ask God what he wanted him to be like. And so we asked, and then we waited to see if he caught anything. He said he felt very peaceful, but he didn't get anything specific. So we left it. And then a few days later, he made a comment about his brother and um, around Jesus wanting us to be generous people. And said, he said to his brother, do you know... Jesus said that he wants us to be generous people, um, which was a really weird thing for him to say. It wasn't like he normally comes out with stuff like that. And it really caught my attention and made me think, I think that's God's just dropped that thought in his head, thinking back to what we prayed. I think that's actually God talking to him rather than to his brother about, I want you to be a generous person. And I pointed it out to him. And then over the, the next day or so, I think, he felt that God dropped 
three other thoughts into his head about how God wanted him to be. Um, so we need to be really alert and we need to be really astute when we're talking to our children to be able to pick up on what, um, what is just them talking and maybe if God is speaking to them through what they are sharing. Um, which means that we need to be aware of what's going on for them and we need to be seeking his purpose for them. I think we're really good at welcoming children amongst us. I think we're really friendly. Um, I know everyone smiles at the children and says hello, asks how they are, um, and we're very child-friendly, which is fantastic. Um, But I think there's something more in welcoming them that goes beyond the just being smiley and friendly and happy. I think uh, in children's ministry, uh, we seek to welcome them and we want to get to know them and we want to guide them. Um, But I think that's something for all of us. That's not just exclusive to children's ministry. I'd really want to encourage you all to get to know our children more than just being friendly and welcoming them on a Sunday. Invite families over, get to know their children. Um, Like I said, it was wonderful having Daisy and Floria this weekend because we got to know them much more and to see what they're like. So, recognising that... the ultimate purpose for our children is to be in relationship with God and with Jesus, how do we make a way for our children to come to to him and to find their purpose in him? So we can teach them God's truths, and that's part of what we do at children's ministry. It's part of what parents do. They talk to their children about about God's truths. Um, But it's not just in children's ministry. And... What is also incredibly important is that we are showing our children how to stand on his truths. We need to model to them how to stand on his truths. Um, We need to talk to them in their day-to-day situations about how they are standing on his his truths, how they can, how they can make that choice. And also, we need to make sure that we are reflecting those truths as well. Children aren't mind readers. <laughs> In fact, no one is, as far as I know. Um, and often, I, I expect my children to know what I'm thinking and get quite frustrated when they don't. Um, so we need to make a conscious effort when we're doing this, when we're trying to teach them about truths of God, to be explicitly saying what we are thinking um, and what we are going through in uh, teaching we do a thing called thinking out loud, where we talk through what we're thinking about when we're doing a maths problem or, or an English problem or whatever, um, so that the children can see the process of how, how we're doing that. And we need to do that with our children. And it, it is hard work, because you have to say out loud what you're thinking. And you have to think it through carefully so that you're communicating to them what you want to communicate to them. But it's so worthwhile. It is really worthwhile. Um, One example is um, with Phil. He's very good at sharing with our children about what he's going through. Um, He he can talk to them about um, things he's struggling with at work. Obviously, not all the details. We don't want to burden our children. But if he's having a hard time at work, he he might share with them something that's going on, and then 
he will share with them what truth he might be standing on in that situation. We have to be very intentional about this because it's not a natural conversation that we'll have with our children. It's not something they're going to come and ask us about, necessarily. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they did? You know, we're moaning about something or complaining about something, and they go, well, what's God saying to you? What's the truth you're standing on at the moment? Um, that would be wonderful. <laughs> but we have to be conscious, and we have to be explicit. So we want to model to them God's truth and his character. We want to show them generosity, how to be generous. We want to show them love and how to love, hospitality, we want to show them how to serve and let them get involved. Really important. It's part of discipleship, isn't it? We get people involved. Now, it's, we all know it's not easy having children help sometimes. It can make a job twice the length that it should be. But it is important that we are discipling our children um, in these things, in serving. I've noticed on a, on a Sunday there are some very young children that are helping with set-down now, that can't be easy for the set-down team <laughs> at times, but they're doing a really great job. You see them wrapping their cables and, and things like that, and that's fantastic. That's kind of discipling them. It's showing them how to serve, and, and as they're doing that, the set-down team can, can give them guidance and, and kind of talk to them about their serving and why they serve and things like that. Um, obviously, at home, we can get them involved in being hospitable, we get our boys to, if we've got young children coming, they normally set up a little play area for the younger children, um, and we get them to offer drinks and things like that. Um, and I thought it was so lovely that at um, Peter and Laura's wedding, how they've got the children involved in serving, with um, making cakes and serving the cakes. I think that's just really another way of us showing heart and getting them involved and getting them to practice what we're talking about. Um, so we want to give them the opportunity to build relationship with Jesus as well. We're going to teach them the truths. We're going to model the truths to them. We're going to give them opportunities to stand on those truths. Um, but we also need to give them the opportunity to build relationship with Jesus. One of the things that really stood out to me from Rachel Turner's book, Parenting Children for a Life of Faith, when I read it the first time, was when she was talking about how parents can be quite fearful of letting their children um, ask God things and speak to God because there is a fear that they won't hear anything, that God won't talk to them, and um, then they won't be interested anymore and won't be interested in God and they'll think he doesn't care. And I think that really spoke to me because I think there was a slight concern. I had that fear. What, what if they don't connect with God? What, what if it doesn't happen? Which saying it out loud sounds ridiculous, and knowing who God is sounds completely ridiculous, but it was something for me, and I think in that, I would almost try and stand in, in the gap, in the place of, of Jesus, and I would talk to God about my children, and I would tell my children about God and what he'd said, but it's, it's, it's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? Because it's, it's not allowing them to come into a relationship with Jesus. It's kind of being a go-between. It's like being a messenger in between the two. And we need to give our children opportunities to come before him and to speak to him and to gain from him all the good things that he's got for them. Um, we need to direct our children to Jesus. 
So we do chat and catch in um, our children's ministry. And in Gatecrashers, we were doing it one day. And uh, a ch one of the children caught something, a picture from God, and they came and they told me this picture. And I was really excited because it was, um, I could really see what it was, what it was, what God was saying through it. And I was just about, she, I said, what does it mean? What do you think it means? And she said, I don't know. I said, I was just about to jump in there and tell her exactly what her picture meant because I could see it was about a river and um, things coming to life on the side. And I, I knew exactly what that meant. Um, but God stopped me. He said, no, stop. And, I, uh, and instead, I turned to her and I said, why don't you go back to God and ask him what he meant? He's given you that picture for a reason. He wants to say something to you, so why don't you go and ask him? And she turned, and literally, it was like two seconds, and she turned back, because uh, this is amazing, isn't it? We don't have to sit for hours to wait and hear from God. <laughs> and she told me what she thought God said it meant. Completely different to what I thought it meant, but so much more personal and relevant to her and her personal situation. And I could have gone in there with all my knowledge and all that I know about God, and I could have got in the way of what God was trying to say to her. So we, we need to leave it open. We need to, to guide them always back to God. What is God saying to you? What is Jesus saying to you? It doesn't mean that we don't give input. When God gives us something to give to children, we should give it. But we have to be really careful not to jump in too quickly and not to get in the way of what God might be doing in them. And to not, not to take away an opportunity that they could have to speak to, to meet with Jesus, talk to him themselves. So I mentioned about needing to point out God at work in their lives, um, to look beyond the natural, um, and also to be able to point out when God's at work in the lives of other people as well. I talk about the testimonies you're hearing about. Talk about, um, yeah, anything that God is doing. Have that conversation with your children, um, just like you would share it with amongst us. Tell it to children. Um, yeah, I think it's just really important. Testimony is so powerful. We had a, there was a testimony given by Vivian one time about God taking away her fear of water and swimming. And one of our children heard that testimony and that next week went to a swimming lesson. Her friend was scared to jump in the water. She remembered what God had done for Vivian and she prayed for her friend and her friend jumped in the water. Like prayed with her friend, not just in her head, but like prayed with her, and God took away her fear, and she jumped in the water. So testimonies are really powerful. We need to make sure that we're sharing them with our children um, as much as with each other. So some other ways that we can do this, we can help children connect with Jesus, is to show them our own, our own relationship with Jesus. Um, give them little windows so that they can see what is going on in your life and the way that you are talking to, to Jesus and the way that you are connecting with him and the way that you are hearing from him as well. Children can struggle with hearing from God. They struggle with the term because they're expecting a voice, hearing from God, which is why we talk about chat and catch. But if we can share the different ways that we catch from God, it will really help them to look out for the different ways that God is talking to them. Um, there was a time when Phil was walking to work and he was looking at the birds um, and he just felt God stop him and speak to him about 
how the birds were flying, that sometimes there are times when they have to flap really hard, and sometimes there are times when they just glide. And he really felt that God was talking to him about his work at that time, and that there are different seasons, and he needs to be ready to kind of recognize what God wants at that time. Does he want to glide? Does he want to flap? And he shared that with the, the boys, and that's a way that they can now they can catch is through looking around and through nature and seeing the things that God might be saying to them. Um, it really makes a difference when we are close to God and we, it has an impact on our children. When I say our children, I mean you know us as a church, our children. Um, at times when we are close to God, they will see Jesus at work in our, in our lives. Um, a little while ago, we really felt to, um, that God wanted us to invest some money, which we did. Um, but through that process, Phil recognised that he was spending a lot of time checking these investments and, and kind of thinking about them and perhaps more time than he should. And um, that as, he grow, as he was speaking to God about it, God revealed this to him. And then he shared that with the children, so he gave them a, a window into this was a challenge, this was something that God had challenged him on. And then later, um, a few weeks later, I don't even know when, um, we were speaking to Malachi and he said, do you know what, I think that um, I'm thinking a little bit too much about table tennis, this was a few years ago. <laughs> He just started playing table tennis at school and every morning he was up and he'd come home and he'd talk about table tennis all the time. He's really excited about it. Um, but he had recognised, I think because Phil had shared and had recognised uh, a thought that had kept coming, um, he recognised that it was taking over his thought life and that actually that wasn't really what God had for him. Not that he didn't want him to do it and to enjoy it, but that he, he didn't want that. He didn't want it to take over. Um, so by sharing how we push into God, um, our children can really learn from that and they can take it. And they take on so much more than we think. Because when we talk to our children and we're trying to share deep and meaningful things, sometimes it looks like they're not listening. Sometimes they'll say something completely irrelevant and rude, like as we're in the middle of sharing our hearts. But actually, it doesn't mean we don't do it anymore. It means... We, we keep persisting, and actually they take in so much more than you think they will. Okay. So we have to be sharp, and we have to be intentional. This isn't just going to happen. Um, we can't just go away today and kind of just hope that we have opportunities, and um, we need to really think about it, and we need to be intentional in our interactions, which is why I wanted you to think about a, a specific child so that you can think about how you can be with that specific child um, after all that we've just spoken about. Um, this is for everyone. It's not just um, about, it's not about the skills, it's not about being skillful or good for, with children. We have so many different children that um, it's really important that they have different people to talk to. So there are people who are fantastic with children and they will speak to all sorts of different children, but there might be a certain person who's not normally someone who relates with children, but they have something really special to bring to a certain child, and um, we would need people to do that. We all have something to bring. For some, it might be children's ministry. For some, it might be connecting with families. 
And for others, it might be just interactions on a Sunday morning. But let's be sharp and let's be intentional in our interactions with our children. We just, we just need to be asking God what it, what it is that he has for us to bring to these precious and powerful gifts that he has put amongst us. Okay, I would just... To finish, I'd like to just take some time to reflect, for you to reflect. Um, and I have a few questions for you to think about, just on your own. Um, you can think about the specific child, if it helps. So, what does God have for you to do in raising our children to be God-connected? You can ask God. What does God have for you to do in raising our children to be God-connected? What do you have to bring or share with them? How can you be involved in the lives of the children in our church? How can you practice providing a window into your relationship with God this week? So think about this coming week. How can you practice providing a window into your relationship with God to a child? What can you share with them? What can you show them? One of the, one of the things I just wanted to emphasize from that, um, Claire was talking about seeking God and his plans for our, our children at, at one particular point, his plans, his, his purposes. What, what you'll find is that when you're parenting or working or leading a, a child in something, that sometimes you can do that out of fear. So um, Claire talked about the time when the, our toddler was being very, very challenging. You can end up um, responding out of fear because you're just so worried about what's going to happen and you know, his, 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 his or her behavior. When God shows you something about that child, it can change the basis from which you parent or lead. So the actual physical outworking of that can look the same. So you still might be disciplining a child or, you know, setting a firm boundary or talking to them about an issue. Um, but because God shows you this is about shaping a child and, and pointing the, the way forward, it comes with a different level of, of authority and grace for, from him, and the impact can be so much greater. So that's just one thing I thought... Um, you know, if you're um, working with children and you recognize that perhaps you might be coming from a place of fear, that might be one of the things that you could respond to today as well. Um, and as we have opportunity to pray with people at the front, um, you know, that could be something that you could stand on and say, actually, I, I want to change the basis from which I'm, I'm parenting or leading or working.